My name is Maddie Bolzinius, and welcome to another episode of The Sisterhood of the Rings. Sorry, that was my Phoebe Judge impression. <laughs> How'd you like that? I loved it. Can you, you try? should do that you every should, time. No, you should do it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Sisterhood of the Rings. My name is Molly Tenley Strait, and we're so happy you're here. <laughs> I love Phoebe Judge. We love you, Phoebe. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this is the Tolkien podcast where we discuss all the lore almost no one cares about. And I guess we already said our names, right? We sure did. But I'm Molly. And I'm Maddie. Ew. Why did we do that? That was terrible. I hated that. I kind of liked it, though. I mean, it felt right in the moment, but like sometimes the worst things do. So this week we are reading The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, book one, chapter nine. At the sign of the prancing pony. We're not really reading it, though, because this is not a read-through, as we've stated many, many times. I actually changed the whole podcast, and now we're just reading the chapter. Oh, okay. Okay, so we are a read-through podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) I was unaware of this, so I guess I'll just have to scrap everything that I prepared today. Never mind. Let's just do the original plan, I guess. All right, okay. For those of you who are avid listeners of the show, I'm sure you noticed we took a couple weeks off. We're really sorry about that. We are changing our release dates now to Thursdays Thursdays instead of Tuesdays. It's easier for us to do as far as the weeks go. And we were just kind of trying to get our shit together. Molly's been in school. I've been working a ton. Also, my family has been on their deathbed pretty much. Yeah, literally everybody's been sick in this household. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us again. And we're sorry for that break. And we're back. And we're back, bitches. (laughs) So what's going on in your life this week, Molly? Um, well, I have this pretty raspy, sexy, sick voice going sexy, on. Sexy, sick voice. Uh-huh. That's okay. the new thing. I woke up. And I'm sitting as far away from her as possible right we now. We literally have. can't hear it. We have like four <laughs> feet of space between us right now. We have the mics extended literally as far as they will go. So we're really far away we from each other. We usually get a little cozier than this, but not now. Not, not now. now. I cannot afford to get sick at this point. My house has been full of sick. Um, my youngest son had <laughs> <laughs> had influenza B, and then my daughter had the stomach flu, and then my husband had a terrible cold, which is what I think that I have now. I so. feel like sixty percent of the year, though, this house is just like a pit of disease. Yeah, like, your that's children right. are always sick, but. We have not had lice this year. Knock on wood. I'm so glad you guys just had lice the year that I lived here, which was (laughs) great. (laughs) Loved every second of it. It was a really fun adventure. And, you know, we're very knowledgeable about lice now. If anyone gets lice, we're the go-to. You know who to talk to. (gasps) Oh, shit. (laughs) Do you remember when we found out that we had lice and then your children exclusively referred to them as creatures? (laughs) For, for the what, duration of the lice you, crisis. What do you picture that they had in their mind that was crawling on their scalp? Okay, have you ever seen... Okay, you know Studio Ghibli, right? Have you ever seen the movie Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind? Yeah. Okay, so there's like those giant bug things and they've got all the little leggies in front of them, the ohms. Yes. That's what I ima- That's what I imagine that the lice look like. Do you know what I imagine they look like? What? Also from Studio Ghibli is in Totoro, the little black sprites. Or is that in Spirited the Away? Well, it's That's in Totoro both. and it's Spirited Away. The little slits, right? Yeah. They're so cute. I want to test two of one of those. Those big little eyes. And they're just like... I love the ones in Spirited Away when they have their little arms and they're like carrying the coal. <laughs> and they're like... I wish I would keep them in my head if that's what lice were. Oh, absolutely. I'd be I'd... like, come on. I'd be like, on you in. guys are cute. What like... would you like to eat? Would you like a glass of wine? <laughs> I've got rosé or pinot. Whatever you like. Just like patting your head every night. Like, I love you. Good night. (laughs) They're so cute. So you're sick and that really sucks. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I have uh, been going to school and I scored my first 
90% on a quiz, 9 out of 10 instead of 10 out of 10. And oh, my I God. I took it really hard. Wow, you're a terrible student. I mean, that's just I, I awful. I took it really hard. Yeah. My first midterm is on Wednesday, so two days from now, I'm pretty stressed out. You are going to be absolutely fine, I promise you. I'm going to like five review sessions for it, so I, it'll be fine. Yeah, you're going to be okay. Okay, Maddie, what's new with you? Well, I got a new piercing today, and I'm pretty excited about it. I got the conch, which I uh, had a argue with the piercing person for like five minutes about whether it was pronounced conch or conch because i've heard that the shell you know like a a conch yeah like little mermaid style yeah it's supposed to be it's a conch conch a conch shell yeah shell right i know you know that does everybody know that yes everyone knows that well i always thought it was conch it's it's not uh well i feel foolish (laughs) (laughs) i thought this was gonna be like a little like Oh, you know those like relatable things stories, and it turns out it's <laughs> just me who thought it was pronounced conch this entire time. That's okay. We we did this week, and I suppose it was we went to a friend of ours' twenty first birthday party, and we quickly realized that neither of us are twenty one anymore, and do not have the energy for that. I went to a bar where the shots were twelve dollars a piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Is not that a okay. thing? It's not okay. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's like it's too much. Money, too much money for anybody. The people are way too cool. I walked past this girl. Oh my god! You know those like moments where you realize you are really old. Yeah. I walked past this girl, and she's this beautiful blonde, like model esque girl, and she had long blonde hair, this literally pleather tight dress that was like strapless, like exactly what you would picture, like yeah. from Austin Powers. You know, exactly oh, yeah. what you would picture. Yeah. Tight red pleather dress. And she had big hoop earrings on and big, tall, high heels. And I walked past her. I was like, you look really beautiful because the mom and me is like, she's probably feeling insecure in that tight dress. And then she goes, oh, thank you. And she walks away. She was not feeling insecure about that. No, that's good. (laughs) That's good for her. I know. But okay, wait. I want to try the story over again. Because it really wasn't about her feeling insecure. I just really wanted to compliment her. But then she did not compliment me back. <laughs> that was really the point you of the story. You don't need to start the story over. Just leave this one out. I think, no, I think you, leave just, this one you, just made, you just made the most like soul-searching point that I... It's like you realized it yourself as you were telling the story. I did. <laughs> it wasn't about her at all. I know. Isn't that the worst feeling sometimes, though? You like see somebody really beautiful and you're like, you look amazing. And they're like, thank you. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> it's like, wish I could say the same, <laughs> but I can't. <laughs> oh, that was a sad story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, they were even of... dressed up. Yeah. We I was wearing amazing. a mini I looked amazing. and I was wearing little booty shoes that made my feet hurt while we walked all the way down the short oh north. Oh my God, it really, really hurt. It but really I didn't hurt. have the girls out. That was probably the problem. What are you saying that if you're going to have a night out, you have to have the titties out? Like yes. fully out? yet no like in the 1700s well look i think we should bring that style (laughs) back you ever see those pictures from france and the seven either the 18th or the 17th century and there was a period of time where they made the bodice of these dresses so low that they were literally just titties out all the time and i propose that we go back to that it's time it like they stopped like right at the nip yeah they're like literally like right there yeah. like the nips are out no 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 no. the nips are out it's a what? thing it's a thing they were like doing that whole style where it was like a lot of titty right at the nips and then they took it a step further i don't know how long it lasted but it definitely definitely happened but were there still corsets yeah. See, I don't like that. I don't want to wear a corset. I'm not yeah, into that. Yeah, but they push everything up. No, no, I'm not into that. I want to be comfortable. That's fair. I, I want to be comfortable. That's fair. So, new style, sweatpants slash leggings, <laughs> still titties out. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> I got Jesse on that one. We made Jesse laugh so hard that he's having a coughing fit. <laughs> He's dying. <laughs> I did see another girl who was dressed so cool. I was like, can I pull the style off? And then I realized, oh, wait, I can't because I'm old. She had these like really, really tight black leggings, though, though the ones that look like faux leather. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
Yeah. And then she had on this bra that was really pushing the girls up. And then she just had this like red sporty jacket half zipped up. Was it a leather jacket? No, it wasn't. It was a sporty jacket. If you oh, picture it's like, like something. That, it's like that street style that people are doing that thing yeah. where they're like, they're like wearing sweatpants. They wear like sporty clothes, but they look Oh, she looked great. Trendy. Why she do you look, look so trendy? trendy? It's like kind I of like wear sporty s- spice, like Spice Girls. Yes. Style. Yes. Like it's it's more really, boobs though. Yes. Yeah. It's happening. I love it. I'm in full support. Me too. I Let's love, make this I mean, happen. Really, anything can look good on anybody. I'm just all about fashion that involves wearing pajamas. I love that too. Yeah. I love that too. There was that magazine article. In a local magazine, Molly was interviewed when she was in high school. Didn't we already so talk about this on this podcast? We did not talk about this on this podcast. Oh. Molly was interviewed, and I'm pretty sure we didn't talk about this. I wish we wouldn't talk about this. Oh, I'm going to talk about it. So she was interviewed for her style because Molly had a very unique style when she was in, what, like, you were probably a senior in high school at that point, right? So this had to be like 2008. They asked her in this little like about me piece what is your most hated style and molly goes i hate it when people wear leggings as an outfit that's not an outfit you need to wear more clothes you can't wear leggings as pants (laughs) now that's literally all i wear (laughs) if i'm not wearing leggings i'm like look look i put on pants i put on real clothes It's just amazing. And people always compliment me and they're like, good job, Molly. Yeah. Way to go. You're not wearing leggings right you now. You got dressed. I wonder how soon after that article <laughs> that change was made within you. Like, I, at a I had to point, pop out a couple babies first. Well, that's fair. See, I've never popped out any babies and I'm still riding this leggings as pants train. Literally right this minute. Right at this exact minute. They're just so comfortable. I mean, and they look good, you know? On anybody. All right. We got a little off track, Maddie. Let's, I guess we should do the podcast. There's now, nothing right? else new in your week or we have just taken too much time. We've taken that we just too much time. To, okay. We're going to talk about the podcast. Hey, we're here. We're here to talk about Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's what we do here. We don't just talk about ourselves. We we <laughs> <laughs> we are going to talk about Lord of the Rings. And the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to do a little overview of what happens in the book and what happens in the movie. Do you want to go first with the book overview or would you rather I go first? I think you can go first. I get to do the movie overview this week. You sure do. Let's we actually it. have a movie overview this we week. We do. It's, it's so exciting. It's been a minute. For those of you who just watched the movies, finally, you get to be involved in what is going yeah. down. And actually, it's pretty similar, the book and the movie. So yes. we just get a little bit extra. But Maddie's going to go first with the movie overview. Yeah. It's not too much. So they narrowly escape the Black Riders, uh, Frodo, Sam, Merry, and Pippin. And they arrive at the town of Bree. They knock on a large wooden gate. A gatekeeper is asking them what their business is and why they're there so late at night. And Frodo's, our business is our own. And the gatekeeper is like, all right, all right. Like, I meant no offense. So they arrive at the Prancing Pony Inn. And they sit down for a bite to eat. They notice a tall, dark, handsome stranger in a cloak on the other side of the room he's smoking a pipe very mysteriously and the barman is like who around these parts is known as strider when frodo's like who the fuck is that guy after they eat mary and pippin are slowly getting hammered and they're kind of starting to gossip about knowing frodo baggins and they're like pointing out frodo after frodo specifically was like i need to go by underhill by the way so annoying and they're like there's frodo baggins right over there so hold your liquor boys right his identity is supposed to be a total secret and frodo is getting up to shut them up he trips and as he falls the ring jumps out of his pocket and lands on his finger making him disappear the crowd is totally shocked and strider whisks frodo off to a room upstairs in what appears to be a sort of frantic rage and that's pretty much it yeah well done thank you all right so i am going to do the book summary for at the sign of the prancing pony it's pretty similar they arrive at the town of brie it's a town of men and hobbits they get questioned at the gate when they are trying to get through and they end up letting the hobbits go through because they say they're going to stay at the inn. A dark figure jumps over the gate behind them. Or maybe it says crawls. It's very Ew. creepy. Then they arrive at the Prancing Pony and they meet Barleman. Barleman? Butterbeer. Butter- Butterbeer. Butterbeer? <laughs> oh my. This is not a Harry <laughs> Potter podcast. Once again. 
Barlaman Butterbur, the innkeeper. And he has hobbit rooms ready to go. He's like, no. I got the perfect size for you. And they go and there's like little beds that are their size and little bathtubs that are their size. It's really, really cute. Can I just say... As a child, that would have been my fucking dream. Oh my God. Do you know what I love is when you go into the bathrooms and there's the kid size sinks. I know it's I so love those. It's so cute. I, I love know. it. I always loved that when I was a kid. Okay. After dinner, Mary goes back to the room and he's like, I'm gonna hang out and relax and maybe take a little stroll. And they're like, Don't go out in the dark. There's black riders out there. And Mary's like, Yeah, whatever. What the f- I don't care. And <laughs> Frodo, Sam, and Pippin hang out in the bar with everybody else. And Frodo goes by the name Gandalf suggested, with this, which is Mr. Underhill, which you already said. And then Frodo is approached by a stranger named Strider. And he tells Frodo to shut up Pippin because Pippin is telling a story about Bilbo Baggins. So Frodo gets up and sings a ridiculously silly song to distract the crowd from listening to Pippin's story. But at the end of the song, he slips the ring onto his finger by accident while he's fiddling with it in his pocket and he disappears and the crowd's like whoa what the fuck and Frodo's so fucking embarrassed that he crawls off the table and crawls underneath the table by Strider's feet and Strider's like you're a total idiot and he's like I know I'm really sorry and then they go up to a room to have talk mm-hmm. so pretty similar it's just like the circumstances in which the ring happens upon his finger are very different and i can understand why they did it the way they did cinematically because you can't exactly like show him fiddling in his pocket yeah it doesn't make any sense so yeah yeah good job thank you yeah can i go first yeah go for it okay initially i was going to do brie and the village of brie yeah i realized very quickly that there wasn't that much information. Oh, that's weird. Which is really, really weird. It made me really not uncomfortable. On brand. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I didn't understand quite what was going on. I was, I was looking into. It. I'm following like all these secondary links to like the prancing pony. It's like Tolkien like got to that. And he's like, nah. He was like, mm. unnecessary. Well, the thing is, all the information that you really need to know, y- you can get it right from the book, and. I realized that very, very quickly. And so instead I decided to diverge a little bit and talk about Arnor. Oh, this is so exciting because this goes right in hand with my conversation today. It It does. So actually this is perfect that you're going first. Okay. Okay, good. So I'm going to give an overview of Arnor, the kingdom of Arnor as a whole. Okay. So journey with me, if you will. So really quickly, we have learned a little bit about it in the past episodes, correct? Are you going to fill us in where we're at? Yeah, we have. I'll get into it. Thank you. But I want you to take a step back in time with me, if you will. We're going to second age 3320. That's where we are right now. Elendil and his sons, which is actually a great business name when you think about it. Can you imagine it? Elendil and sons. That is a great business. Sounds name. like a hardware store. A we should bit. have. We should rename this podcast. Olendial and Sons. It fits us really well. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. So Olendial and his sons, they found Arnor, which is the Northern Kingdom. Later, they were like, "Dad, that slapped so hard. Let's do it again, but in the South." And you know what that is? Gondor. Gondor. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so Arnor came first, which I didn't realize. I mean, I kind of knew, but then I was reading. I was like, okay, okay, okay. Arnor first, then Gondor. Gondor and Arnor are tied together completely throughout history with a couple divergences. But at first, they go together like vodka and orange juice. Seems like a good idea at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Four hours later, you're sprinting down the street with one shoe on, and somehow you've stolen a traffic cone. Has this happened to you? I'm not going to talk about it. This basically (laughs) sums up the kingdoms of men, though. Like, let's be honest. (laughs) Like, everything seems great. And then they're fucking shit up all over the place. These two kingdoms are known as the realms of the Dunedain in exile, which sounds so scary, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. But basically, it just means that they were established by the Dunedain who escaped the fall of Numenor. Got it. Okay. So they left Numenor and they were like, we're going to settle here we're gonna make these sick-ass kingdoms 
And then they were like, they were the Dunatine in exile. Like they were starting their like metal band. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Before the foundation of Arnor, a bunch of Numenorians were actually already living in that region. Right? I so, think I had heard yeah. that, but I didn't really understand. So these people emigrated as a result of the exploration effort set up by the Numenorian kings Tar Meneldor and Tar Aldarion. Okay. They were Numenorian kings in Numenor, and then they were like, we're going to go explore Middle Earth. We're going to sail the seas. And so all of these other Numenorians were like going on these voyages, and they ended up settling in Eriador, which right. is that region that holds Arnor, that holds the Shire. We've talked about it many times before. I'm talking about it again. That's that's where Arnor is in. So if anybody's wondering, Bree, the Shire, the Barrow Downs, Weathertop, all these places lie within a region called Eriador. The thing that I th- have found to be really interesting is that it's kind of like a Russian nesting doll. The whole world right it's like you keep learning about these regions and it's like oh and here this kingdom is in here and then this region is within this kingdom and this village is within this region and it keeps coming back to the same stuff so far where we've been right yeah and i think that it's really funny because when i was researching the great east road i wasn't researching it because i knew this was coming you know, I was like, hey, right. this is somewhere they're traveling. Let's check it out. And now it comes right into play because I remember it said that it was a borderline for one of the kingdoms of Arnor. And I was like, I don't really know what that means. Exactly. We'll deal with it later. Exactly. And now Maddie's going to deal with it. Sort of. That was episode three, by the way. That Go was. Back and listen. Go back and listen. Before the Dunedain came to crash the party, I guess, Arnor was mainly home to men of the Adain. Which we've talked about before, last, I think last episode. These are related to the Numenorians. They're like another race of men, also related to the people who were in Esgaroth. I've talked about it before. It's fine. Is that a Dane? It's a Dine? I think it's a Dine. I was saying okay. a Dane before, but it's that A I N. So we're learning as we go. I mean, if, if you've, you've listened to yeah. us before, you know we're not experts here. We're trying to get our pronunciations right, and we're going to correct ourselves. Yeah, literally our tagline is two overconfident, underqualified sisters. We are very, very underqualified. <laughs> so if you have some corrections you'd like to send in, we're always happy to hear always, them. You always, always, You can email always. them to thesisterhoodoftherings at gmail.com. Thanks, Malls. You're welcome. Go ahead, Maddie. Arnor is actually kind of cooler than Gondor, in a lot of respects, because the people there were kind of buddy-buddy with Gilgalad's elves who lived across the River Loon. In effect, the people of Arnor actually, like, gave a shit about the knowledge of the Elder Days. Cool. Okay. Let's consider this to be screwdriver number one. Okay. Of brunch. Right. We're Things not trash yet. We're just no, enjoying no, no. them. You're having a nice time. Not even barely buzzed. Barely. You're enjoying your food. You're having a good time. You're having some intellectual conversations with your friends. And get a little loose, you know. You're getting like feeling a more little loose. Feeling more comfortable. Now we move on to that second screwdriver, okay? Okay, I'm still feeling okay. Yeah. For a while, the king of Arnor is Basically double fisting the throne of Gondor. They're the same thing. King of Gondor, King of Arnor, same deal. Until Isildur is killed in Third Age 2 by orcs in the disastrous battle of the Gladden Fields. Every single one of his sons is also slain. They all got got. Shit. Except for one. And that is the baby of the fam. Represent. His name is Valandiel. And he becomes the king of Arnor, but he does not claim the throne of Gondor. I don't really know why. I know why. You do know why? Are you going to tell us about it? I'm going to talk about it. Okay. I was just assuming that the commute really sucked. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, that Uber's going to cost way too much money. He's like, my credit card's maxed out. He's like, I don't get paid until next week. (laughs) I cannot do this right now. Okay, wait, Maddie, I'm, can you clarify something for me? I will try. Asildor is the one who cut the ring off of exactly. Sauron's finger. Elendil's son. And then, okay, 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 okay. I got this. Asildor is the one who had the ring of power, which is why they call 
the one ring, like, you know, one of the rings is... Isildur's Bane. One of the names for the ring is Isildur's Bane. I got you. Let's go. Let's move on to screwdriver number three, shall we? Okay, let's go. Arnor and Gondor are basically divorced at this point. But Arnor's ruler gets to keep the title High King. And Gondor's ruler is just king. Which is kind of a bitchy move, in my <laughs> opinion. Do you think that that's what... Are we hearing this just from Arnor's point of view, though? And, like, if you were Gondor, you'd be like, well, no, we're the High King. I actually wonder if we're hearing it from Gondor, though. They're like, those fuckers over there. No, no, no. I think that they would so be the ones who'd be like... Um, well, yeah, actually, we're the more important ones. And yeah, they're we're just like, king. you know, I don't even know what they like, are. He's a king. He's, he's a king. He's absolutely, fine. But we're the high king. Either that or they're just like really fucking stoned all the time. Why would you think that? Mm, you what, never know. What, what made you Listen, think that they in... were stoned? High king. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that went right over my head. <laughs> Why are you even questioning? I'm not enough of a pothead for that, Maddie. I was gonna like make the (laughs) reference that they're like in Ariador, they're near the Shire, there's pipe weed there, and then I just decided to simplify it. I'm so glad that I did because you had no fucking clue what I was talking about. (laughs) We're right on track. Molly's out of the loop again. Perfect. So I am going to take a step back for just a second here. And then from the screwdriver number three, because I'm already a little fucked up. From Oh, we're all a little fucked up at this point. I'm going to take a step back, though. Let's remember fonder days. Okay? Okay. Let, let's back talk to about, screwdriver number one. Back to screwdriver number one. We're going to talk about Arnor at its peak. Okay? Because I just want to get a sense of how big it is, where it is. At its peak. Ariador. Yeah. It's in... Will you <laughs> fucking let me continue? <laughs> Thank you. Go ahead, Maddie. At its peak, the borders of Arnor extend from the Ice Bay of Forishel, which I'm pretty sure that's a water park at Disney, (laughs) in the north, and the River Grey Flood to Belaguer in the south, and the rivers Horwell and Loon from the east and west, respectively. Did that clear things up for you? I have so much knowledge now rolling around in my brain. Sounds so great, doesn't it? And you know what? I decided to not delve into that at all. Yeah, you had enough information. I see your work over there. Thank you. The capital is called Anuminus, but the realm had other cities, including Fornost and Tirngorthad. The Barrowdowns! The Barrowdowns! Where they buried all their kings and they all turned into ghosties. Exactly. And on that note, let's talk about the decline of Arnor, shall we? Back to uh, screwdriver number three. I think we're actually kind of on four and five at this point. Oh, shit. Okay. Things are getting nasty here. Okay. Arnor gets divided into three kingdoms. The sons of the 10th king of Arnor, his name is... Arendor. I, I think I mentioned that in the last episode. His three sons, I guess they hate each other, I would assume, because they start well, all siblings do. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to fight right here and now? No, go ahead. Sis. Let's start a civil war. I'm really war. enjoying this. We can break this kingdom. <gasps> Let's apart. be the civil wars. <gasps> I love them. What's they broke song? up What's too, their song? though. What's their song? They have a lot of songs. The song that I know, though. Barton Hollow? Yeah. Barton Hollow. Well, as fun as this was. <laughs> Go ahead and continue, Maddie. I will now be uh, covering the entire repertoire of the Civil War. With no real words. With no words. <laughs> it's going to be great. Love it. Uh, where was I? I was talking about the Civil War, right? Yes, but not the Civil Wars. Not the Civil Wars and also not Captain America Civil War. We're talking about... Not a great movie. I agree. A lot of people are going to... We're going to be on blast for that shit. You know what? You can blast us. We just we don't like it. We don't care. And we will fight you on it. Yeah. So please add us, okay? My fight is Slide into our DMs. We're fucking ready. (laughs) (laughs) So... After the Civil War, Maddie's going to start crying. <laughs> I'm just picturing Ken Burns, the Civil War <laughs> documentary right now. And it's like, our homes were taken away from us. Brothers fighting brothers. <laughs> After the Civil War, Arnor 
gets divided into these three kingdoms. Cardolan, which we talked about last episode, that's where Tyrion Gorthad is, the Barrow Downs. Rudaur, and then Arthedain. The Dunedain of the North are pretty much being complete fuckboys. They involve themselves in foolish, petty wars. This is the description that is given in one wiki to rule them all, which I think is just the best description ever. Foolish and petty wars. Oh, it's God. like you can't like Donald Trump in a in a nutshell. Yes, honey. <laughs> let's talk about World War Three. Oh, no, man. we could have we a whole other podcast on that. Let's not. Basically, you could make an MTV show off of this shit. Okay. Right. The Dunedain are just like fucking up shit everywhere. Their strength is completely spent at this point because of corruption and ambition. Get what's yours, girl. But at a certain point, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. That you was know the most I mean? listed list thing you've ever said. <laughs> I got bangs. You got bangs. You didn't even talk about your bangs. bangs. I got bangs. You did get bangs. You. Did, I can't believe you didn't even talk about your bangs. I felt really upset that we're not talking about that. It, I mean, it's, this is a big moment in my life. It's not about what's gotten into me. It's about what's gotten onto me. It's these bangs. <laughs> I'm leaving town until these bangs grow out. If you have not seen this. It's the Kroll Show. <laughs> Liz and Liz. <laughs> We're going to share it on our blog. Okay. Yeah. Because this is not going to make out. any sense to you if you have not seen this. <laughs> but it's too good. We're not deleting this. You are going to love it so much. And I got bangs. <laughs> I got bangs. Uh, let's talk about Arnor again, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> As Anuminus becomes depopulated. So that was the uh, capital of Arnor before. Anuminus is becoming depopulated and they move the capital to Fornost Erin in Third Age 861. So we're still one kingdom? No, they've already split at this point, but I feel like it's always a bad choice when you're like moving the capital. I think they're kind of like Okay, here's what I understand. And and actually, this is a great segue because I think we're entering into the stealing of the traffic cone territory oh, here. No. Oh, God. We've moved on. We've probably had six or seven screwdrivers at this point. It is time. The shoes are gone. The traffic cone is in hand. We're running down the street. Arnor is, quote unquote, refounded in name by Argaleb I, the king of Arthedine. But a series of wars wipe out basically the entire population of Arnor. Shit, 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 shit. It's bad. Like, it's just bad. Everything is fucked up. Except for our trusty designated drivers, the Hobbits, who are just absolutely chilling in the Shire like nothing has fucking happened. And some men, I guess, like carry on in the village of Bree and probably a couple of other villages that are unspecified. But that's basically it. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I have to tell you because I please researched something else, but there's overlap here. And I have to add something to this because it's super, super oh, important. Oh, please do. Okay, so this whole thing where they join kingdoms, mm-hmm. did you research why that happened? No, actually. Okay, so I had researched why this happened. Okay, tell me. Basically, what happened was the Witch King of Angmar entered Arthedain from the north and Cardolan joined with them and then they started a new realm together and they called it Arnor. And so Rudar was, was like, deal. I don't really care. But they started Ardor together well, because, because the wish team was attacking. Well, that's, that's what we were talking when I did the Shire. Do you yeah. remember when I did the Shire a few yeah. episodes ago? We were talking about how the, the hobbits joined King Argaleb or whatever his right. name was. They like fought for him in those wars against Angmar. Right. And that's so crazy because they, they were Arnor again. That's they combined the together because, that's what happened. because the ki- the witch king of Angmar was coming to attack them. Shit, bro. But they didn't do very well. No, they did not. <laughs> they did not at all. Mm. And it yeah, was because those Pokeballs. That's the Pokeballs with all the barrel whites right. in them. It's not nice. It's not nice. He's an evil gym leader. Right. Fuck. He's like Brock. Wait, no, Brock's, Brock's not evil. <laughs> I was just joking. Which is the Brock evil is one. a womanizer, but that doesn't mean he's evil. The Dunedain of Arnor stopped fucking around, basically. Because basically their realms had collapsed at this point. So they create their new homes in the angle south of Rivendell. 
And Arnor remains a fallen kingdom until Aragorn brings it back as a part of the reunited kingdom. He makes Anuminas his summer capital. <laughs> That's so extra. Of him. It's so extra. <laughs> I know. I was reading that. He's like, um, yes, this is my summer home. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think he has like fake palm trees transplanted there? He's like, I was thinking about going the to Mykonos, <laughs> but I think I'm just gonna go back to Anaminas. I mean, it's fine, but like, there's family there. <laughs> Fucking asshole. He no, wanted, I love Aragorn. He wanted to be nearby the hobbits. Oh, that's really cute. That's my new <laughs> canon. <laughs> he just wanted to be nearby the hobbits. I love that. Your head cannon. My head is, cannon. is what you would call that. Yeah, I love that. That's really cute. And at that point, Arnor becomes safe once more for human population. Yay. And that's the history of Arnor. That's basically it. It's a sh- fucking shit show. Yeah. But yeah. Man, sad story. But you know what? They wake up after the hangover and they get it together because of Aragorn. And that is who I am doing. <gasps> <gasps> who is that? Frodo asked. When he got a chance to whisper to Mr. Butterbur, I don't think you introduced him. Him, said the landlord in an answering whisper, cocking an eye without turning his head. I don't rightly know. He is one of the wandering folk. Rangers, we call them. He seldom talks. Not but what he can tell a rare tale what he has the mind. He disappears for a month or a year, and then he pops up again. He was in and out pretty often last spring, but I haven't seen him about lately. What his right name is, I've never heard, but he's known round here as Strider. Goes about at a great pace on his long shanks, though he don't tell nobody what cause he has to hurry. But there's no accounting for east and west, as we say in Bree, meaning the rangers and the shire folk, begging your pardon. Funny you should ask about him. But at that moment, Mr. Butterbur was called away by a demand for more ale, and his last remark remained unexplained. Frodo found that Strider was now looking at him, as if he had heard or guessed all that had been said. Presently, with a wave of his hand and a nod, he invited Frodo to come over and sit by him. As Frodo drew near, he threw back his hood, showing a shaggy head of dark hair flecked with gray, and in a pale, stern face, a pair of keen gray eyes. I am called Strider, he said in a low voice. I am very pleased to meet you, Master Underhill, if old Butterbur got your name right. He did, said Frodo stiffly. And that is our first introduction to Strider, <sighs> a.k.a. Aragorn the Second. Yes, I love him so much. Can I say one thing before you start? Say everything you want. So that whole section where Frodo... <laughs> Frodo's like, hey, who's that guy over there? And Barlamin Butterbur is like, let me tell you everything that I fucking know he is about such this a person. <laughs> he's like, I know everything about everybody in this room. Point him out. I'll tell you who they're sleeping also, with. He's, I'll tell you he everything about them. He's like, he's super hot. He's sitting over there. He's really <laughs> mysterious. We don't really know anything about him, but we call him Strider. <laughs> Here's everything that I know. I love I'm him. like, I want to party with Barlamin Butterbur. He will tell I, us I know that he will tell me everything there is to know about everybody in the bar. But gossip is wrong, Maddie. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Okay. So who the fuck is Aragorn? That's what I want to know. So the thing is, is most people know what we see in the movies. Some people know what we see in the books. But I really wanted to compile a list of like what the fuck Aragorn's been doing his whole life up until we meet him. Because that is something that most people don't know. Right? That's what I don't know. So we just learned from Barlam and Butterbur that he is a ranger and that he wanders around and goes from place to place. And then through what we see him, he goes off and he's a super fantastic hero. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that basically sums it up. So here is the general timeline. Aragorn was born in Third Age 2931, son of Arathorn II and Gilrain. In Third Age 2931, Arathorn II is killed by orcs. He was shot in the eye and died. Ew! And so mom, super, super sweet mom, brings him to Elrond to be raised in Rivendell. But she stays with him. 
I always oh. thought in the movies it it seemed like he was just dropped off as an orphan, but she stayed with him. She like yeah. raised him there in Rivendell. Because there's that scene where he's like brushing all the leaves off of her tomb and like all this stuff. And I just assumed that she died when he was like really young. Yeah, no, he she didn't. So, yeah, so she brought him there because apparently that is the normal thing to do for the heir of Isildur is to bring them to Rivendell to be raised. Really? Yeah, that had to happen many, many times. That was like the customary thing. Yeah. They didn't tell him his past specifically because they're trying to keep him safe and secret and they didn't want him like wandering Like the ring? Yeah. Keep him secret. Keep him secret. Keep him secret. Keep him secret. So that's what they were doing to Aragorn. They're like, let's keep him secret. And he went by the name of Estelle. Estelle. <laughs> oh, he sounds like a singer in like a French jazz bar da, in the forties. Just keep chasing pavements. Oh wait, that's not. that's Adele. Damn it. Oh, honey, I love do? it. That's the Adele song <laughs> that you choose out of all of like the multi platinum hits that she's had. You choose chasing pavements. <laughs> I'm getting rid of that part. No, no, no. Please do not fucking get rid of that part. I loved that. <laughs> I want to tell you a little bit about mom because mom is a really, really cool person, sort of. She has some good qualities. She has some bad qualities, but I'm going to tell you about them. Gilrain was also known as Gilrain the Fair. Mm. She wanted to marry Arathorn II, but her dad said no because he foresaw an early death. He's like, this guy's going to die immediately. But then her mom, Gilrain's mom, was like, it's fine. She's going to have a boy. She's going to get a dude and die an heir. And then it's going to be fine that he dies. Who, who the fuck cares about the dad? <laughs> that's literally exactly what happened. Fuck yeah, bitch. And that's exactly what happened because she was a Dunedain as well. And so they had a little Dunedain baby. And then he died two years later. The dad did. Yeah. Getting shot in the eye. Right. By an orc. You're, you're going to shoot your eye out. <laughs> and then he did. Christmas story. So they came to Rivendell, which is also called Imladris which is where Aragorn will be raised. And they gave him the new name Estelle, which I already told you. But do you know what that means? What? In Sindarin, it means hope or trust. (gasps) Yeah. So basically, she lived her whole life. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? I think that's so nice. I just love the idea that Aragorn's other name is Hope. (laughs) It is really great. I am Hope. (laughs) Nice to meet you. Gilrain lived with Aragorn in Rivendell and then right about the time that she was going to die she went back to Eriador to pass away among her people in about third age 3007 so she lived with Aragorn through this whole time okay okay Gilrain's final words to Aragorn before dying can be translated to I give hope to the Dunedain I have kept no hope for myself and hope, of course. Oh, is the translation, the of, translation his of his name. Of his name, Estelle. So she's saying she's giving her son. God, that is tragic. To save the kingdom of the Dunedain. I keep none for myself. And she's giving him away. I keep no hope for myself. To, to give. Wait, hold on. That's the line that he says to Elrond when Elrond brings him. Um, yes. The like sword. The, char- the sword that's made out of the shards of Narsil. Yes. Yeah, but in the book, apparently, and I totally missed this when we were reading it, but apparently they have a conversation while they're standing by her grave in Rivendell, and they repeat this line there as well. In Third Age 2951, around this time, Aragorn is 20 years old, and this is where the shit just starts getting crazy. Okay. So first, a little nice part is Arwen comes back from visiting her grandma who is Galadriel. She's been visiting her for the last 20 so years. She's Mm -hmm. been off and she comes back and she's like, hey, who's that hottie over there? Uh, Like same girl. Right. And she's like immediately smitten with him and they have like a little flirty little romance thing. And it's really sweet. Cutie. Mm -hmm. But here's the part with his mom, Gilrain, that isn't so lovely. She opposes the match because she's against intermarriage between elves and men. Oh, 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 oh I, I'm sorry. Yeah. What? Yeah, she opposes it. She's a fucking racist? She is. She is. She's a racist. She is. She's a segregationist. That's what I'm saying. She's a fucking Jim Crow laws fucking 
racist. I know. And this whole time I was like, you're so great. You're the fair. You're fabulous. And you're doing everything right. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, what the fuck? It's like you go on a Tinder date with somebody. You find out they're in the KKK. Yeah. Pretty much the same thing. Fucking terrible. Yeah. So anyways, in that same time, he is finally told about his lineage. And his lineage is the relation to Isildur, which we already talked about. What are you saying? What? Is it like a Princess Diaries moment? (laughs) (laughs) I know we talked about it. I beg your pardon? (laughs) Shut up doesn't always mean. In America, it means, gee whiz. Oh, oh, la la. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes, I understand. I, I, that's, that's it in my mind now. That's how he was told. Yes. Well, Elrond was the one who finally told him and he says, here you go. Here's this fancy ring of Barahir and here are the shards of Narsil and your great, 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 great grandfather was slaughtered by Sauron after he cut his ring off the finger. Then all the orcs went into, oh, actually he wasn't killed by yeah, I mean, close enough. Hey, you know what I'm saying. Elendil you know killed by Sauron. Isildur cuts off the fingers. Isildur is Right. We okay. all know that. Right. We all know that. If you've been Why listening else would to this fucking podcast, you would know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He basically says, you are the 16th chief of the Dunedain. Now, the chief. That doesn't sound very high up. <laughs> the chieftain of the Dunedain is the title of heirs of Isildur after the loss of the kingdom of Arthedain. Okay. Okay. So Maddie talked about the three kingdoms of Arnor. One of them was Arthedain. And so that is who he is the chieftain of, is what's remaining of Arthedain. And okay. it's a hereditary title. So it's passed down kind of like a kingdom. Now, when you say he's the 16th chief, does that mean there are 15 other people ahead of him? Or no, 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 he's no, no, no. just the 16th, he's the in, 16th the line. in the line? I understand. He is officially the chieftain of. The dude died. I was like, is he like the secretary of education? Or like, what is his deal here? No, it's much more impressive than that. Okay, cool. Okay. So here is a little extra bone con for you. Oh, I'm ready for the bone con. So to put a little bit of time into perspective, because I've been throwing out these like third age, 2951 shit, you know. Bilbo left with the dwarves and Gandalf in Third Age 2941 to go defeat Smog and everything that happened in The Hobbit. So that's 10 years before Aragorn finds out who he truly is. Which means when they came to Rivendell on their passageway through... Aragorn was there? Aragorn was there and he was 10 years old. He was like a little kid running around. Isn't that so cool? That blew my oh mind. Oh my god, I love that. That like that's the type of thing that like gives me butterflies in my stomach. I know. I'm looking at you this timeline. I mean? and I'm like, oh shit, this is happening. Oh, I yeah. love that. I, I I love that. Okay, Aragorn finds out about who he truly is, and he's like, look, I got to go take care of shit. So he leaves Rivendell and he goes to assume the role of chieftain of the Dunedain, and he becomes what others call him as a ranger. As a ranger, he works with others of his kind. He finds other rangers and he starts protecting the hobbits, protecting the Shire, protecting the village of Bree, protecting this whole region right. from anything bad that's right. coming, which is kind of what we know him as. But between that, five years after he leaves Rivendell, he meets Gandalf and they become besties. They have a little mandate. They sit down. They have some tea and some biscuits and some crumpets and they have a little talk and they're like, oh my God, we have so much in common. We should hang out all the time. I love that. Yeah. That's pretty much exactly what I read on Wiki was just that, that exact they were like, line. They had a bro date. It went really fucking well. Mm-hmm. So then in Third Age 2957 to Third Age 2980, so for about, I don't know. Yeah. What is that? 23 years he fought alongside king thangle who is theoden's dad right of the rohan of the rohan right of the of rohan of rohan sorry of the rohirrim right yeah i guess but it's funny because they they do in the movie eowyn actually rohan no 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 eowyn (laughs) in the movie Eowyn is talking to Aragorn and she's guessing his age. And she's like, you rode with, what's his name? Thingle? Thangle. Thangle. You know, Theoden's 
father or yeah. grandfather? Father. father. You rode with my grandfather, Thangle. So that means you must be 70. And he's like, hire a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. So he was hanging out with Theoden's dad. And he was hanging out with the steward, Ecthelion II of Gondor. This is the most badass name ever. Yes. Denethor's dad. Oh, fuck yeah. Asshole Denethor. Asshole Denethor. Right. But the the original steward wasn't, or he's not the original steward, but this steward was not bad. Ecthelion. Yeah, he was pretty cool. Well, he's got the coolest name ever, so he ought to be kind of cool. Right. So Aragorn went in there to fight against the forces of Sauron with, with the allies, and he disguised himself from who he truly was. He went as the name Thorongil, which means Eagle of the Star. And he wore a little star on his chest. Eagle of the Star. He yeah. was like, this will be pretty under <laughs> under the radar. Yeah, but people <laughs> freaking loved him. And during that time that he was helping Gondor, he and Denethor were close. But everybody liked Thorongil better. Even the steward, Ecthelion. Oh, and it's shit. thought that Denethor actually knew who Aragorn truly was. And so he was all pissed because Aragorn came in and he was like, or what? what, what is his name? Thorongil came in and he was like, hey, here's my bro Gandalf the Grey. He's truly awesome. You should definitely take counsel from him and not from Saruman. And also I'm amazing. And I'm awesome. And I fought all these battles and I killed everybody and I was freaking great. And everyone loves me. And Denethor's me. like, No. I hate you. Get out. You are planning to like usurp uh, well, me. I mean, basically, because I he has no right to that throne. If if he knew who Aragorn was, he knew that with the very statement that he was who he was, he had the right to the throne. Right. Holy shit. Yeah. So Aragorn's like, ooh, this is getting a little tense. This is a little uncomfortable. I'm just going to cringy. Peace. I'm just going to gonna... peace out. So literally the <laughs> battle ends and they defeat this like amazing battle. And he's like, okay, bye everybody. I'm leaving. And they're all like, wait, what the fuck? We're going to go celebrate you. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that. Thank you all for being <laughs> here today. It's enough princess diaries. I'm really it's sorry. I, I literally cannot stop. So Aragorn pieces out of there. And then in third age 2980, right at the end of all that shit he heads to Lorien to visit Arwen Ugh. and upon the hill of Saren Amroth he gives her the ring of Barahir and Arwen agrees to marry him and accept mortality or the gift of men and renounce her elfish lineage okay I'm gonna cry I know I need a minute I'm gonna cry it's fine it's like so sweet it's Maddie, so Maddie, fucking romantic. Was that the part with in Lothorian that we just witnessed where he was looking at that hill? I <gasps> I know. I know. Let's pull it up. Hold on a second. It was. Because he says, I'm never going to see this place again. And I was wondering why that was significant to him when we were reading it. Like, I kind of understood in, in the sense that it's a beautiful place that he's visited before. And like, this is, he knows this is the last time he's going to see it. That significance is, I mean, it's so profound and so romantic and heartbreaking. <gasps> it was, Oh my God. Listen to this passage, Maddie. Here is the heart of Elvin dumb on earth. He said, and here my heart dwells ever. Unless there be a light beyond the dark roads that we still must tread, you and I, come with me. And taking Frodo's hand in his, he left the hill of Karen Amroth and came there never again as living man. Oh my God. Okay, I'm going to cry. We have to move on. Okay. We have to move on because I'm, I'm so literally going to cry sweet. right now. I just love that. And I love that they pull back together and they're like, this is such an important part. And to like, take away from this really romantic light mood i'm gonna tell you what elrond said yeah can you please because i'm literally like tearing up right now and i need i need something elrond's like nah bitch not until he's king of gondor <laughs> <laughs> that he's like then you can marry her that's he's cool. like sweetie <laughs> he's like he doesn't even have he has, money he has no he has money. no title no money if no you're title. gonna give up immortality he better at least be a fucking king love it <laughs> <laughs> yes Elrond so there's not too much information on 
Aragorn for the next 20 years or so. But then in Third Age 3001, Gandalf asks him for help with tracking down Gollum. So he goes on this mission. It takes him eight fucking years to find Gollum and to bring him to the elves in Mirkwood per Gandalf's request. He leaves him with the King Thranduil, which is Legolas's dad. I was going to say Legolas's dad, but I was going to say Lee Pace. I love Lee Pace and his eyebrows. Yeah, but he's a douche in that movie. I know he totally is, but you know what? Them brows don't quit. (laughs) <laughs> and also I love him so much in Pushing Daisies that I like yeah, it really doesn't matter what role he plays I'm kind of like Ned <laughs> yeah he's fine just because of Pushing Daisies right okay then in May 1st third age 3018 Aragorn and Gandalf meet to have another cup of coffee and some more scones and Adorable. they talk about Frodo's plan with the ring so he tells Aragorn all about it okay so if Aragorn was a total douche he could have like gone to the Shire. He could have stolen the ring while Frodo doesn't even know what the fuck it is. Right. He'd be like, hey, Gandalf told me to take this ring and he could have just been like peacing out with that. But he's not evil. But he's not. He's a wonderful person. So, September 29th, third age, 3018, Aragorn meets up with Frodo at the Prancing Pony. Oh, shit. And here's where we are. And here's where we are. And that is all my information. But... I saved some bone con for you at the end. Let's get that bone con, bitch. Okay. Do you remember you were talking about how you didn't do the research about why no kings took over? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Tell me. Tell me. Okay. So we were wondering about this because Aragorn is like, what, the 39th or something like that? Something insane. Something crazy. Many, many, many generations of the heir of Isildur who did not take the throne. And I was like, why the fuck didn't he take it? And Maddie wondered the same thing. So I found an answer for you. Oh, I'm so ready. Aragorn didn't take the throne of Gondor or any of his ancestors because they had tried to take the throne. They didn't have the power to take the throne. I'm sorry, what? The stewards of Gondor just acted like kings. And people came to try to take the throne and they're like, Fuck you. You're not taking it. I don't care that you're the king. Bye. Bye, bitch. That is exactly what happened. What? Like multiple times. What? Yes. People did try to take the throne. So is the basically the only reason that Aragorn was able to take the throne with, I guess, uh, I don't want to say ease because they definitely fought multiple battles before he was able to become king, but Denethor died essentially and and it would have been Faramir next in line to be the steward I think that helped I think it was like a lot of puzzle pieces had to fit together and Aragorn fucking led this amazing battle and just because he brought in those ghosty men he slaughtered all of the orcs everybody attacking and then he went and did that second battle outside the gates of Mordor and he just like proved himself I am here. Well, I am strong. I have all these people following me. He had the Rohirrim that were following him. He had he was the, uniting the, the kingdom. He was basically. uniting them. And but so, the thing, the thing that I think is interesting is that the way that it's sort of portrayed in the films uh, is that Gandalf is like talking to Denethor, and he's like, and Denethor is like, I will not bow to this ranger from the north, and. Gandalf is like, you have no right to deny the true heir to the throne. And Denethor's like, I don't give a fuck. He's like, I don't give a fuck. And that's exactly what he's saying. He's saying, I don't care that he's the rightful king. He doesn't have power. He's not taking my throne. So Gandalf is saying, like, here are the rules. And Denethor is like, the rules have never really been followed. And fuck you. Right. So if Aragorn, say that none of this had happened. Say Aragorn just showed up at the gates of Minas Tirith and was like, hey, I'm Isildur's heir. They would have been like, here, let's murder you. (laughs) They would have been like, okay, bye. And so literally he was held in Rivendell to save his life. Not just from Sauron. He was there in Rivendell to protect him. From men. From everybody. Oh my god what a fun tidbit did i just fucking blow your mind yes, high five me thank you that was amazing that was a really really fun episode are we gonna we move haven't to even fit we have to do our conclusions on our quotation we have so much left to do I, I mean not that much left to do. all right have- stay listening we got a little bit more i guess i'll do my quotation first quotation time but before it's we begin quotation Maddie, time what? we have forgot to mention this a couple times and it's really really important we would love to hear from our listeners 
Yes. Oh my God. If you have quotations that you love from the book or maybe even a piece of lore that you really, really want us to cover yeah. or something, like let us know. Email us at the sisterhood of the rings at gmail.com or go on our Facebook page, the sisterhood of the rings podcast. Send us a message. Send us a message in any way you can. We we want to know. We want you to be involved. Please. We're, we're always looking for ideas. I yeah. mean, there are definitely What's, times. What is when the following chapter that we're reading? We are about to be on the chapter Strider, which Ooh. is in, it's book one, chapter 10. So if you have a quote from book one, chapter 10, Strider, that you would like us to read in our next episode, please shoot us an email or message us on Facebook and we would love to hear from yeah. you. Yeah, And we'll credit you. Don't worry. We're not going to steal your idea. We're going to credit you. We promise. All right. Let's hear your quotation. You're going to love the way you look. I guarantee it. <laughs> Men's warehouse. All right. I'm going to do my quotation. So this is from page 150. The Bree folk, big and little, did not themselves travel much. And the affairs of the four villages were their chief concern. Occasionally, the hobbits of Bree went as far as Buckland or the East Farthing. But though their little land was not much further than a day's riding east of the Brandywine Bridge, the hobbits of the Shire now seldom visited it. An occasional Bucklander, or adventurous Took, would come out to the inn for a night or two, but even that was becoming less and less usual. The Shire hobbits referred to those of Bree, and to any others that lived beyond the borders, as outsiders, and took very little interest in them, considering them dull and uncouth. There were probably many more outsiders scattered about in the west of the world in those days than the people of the Shire imagined. Some, doubtless, were no better than tramps, ready to dig a hole in any bank and stay only as long as it suited them. But in the Breland, at any rate, the hobbits were decent and prosperous, and no more rustic than most of their distant relatives inside. It was not yet forgotten that there had been a time when there was much coming and going between the Shire and Bree. There was Bree blood in the Brandy Bucks by all accounts. The reason I like that quotation is because it's told very much from the perspective of people who live in the Shire. It so is. Yes. They're like so adventurous. Well, and they're also very um, cautious of people they don't know. And a little bit prejudiced <laughs> yeah. like, in a sort of hilarious way in, in the sense that my, my favorite line is uh, some doubtless were no better than tramps ready to dig a hole in any bank and stay only as long as it suited them, which is it's not only an implication of the kind of people that they're talking about, but it's also ready to dig a hole in any bank is something that you can hear a person from the shire, a hobbit from the shire saying right it's nothing that you and <laughs> i would ever say. say yes it's its own little colloquialism but it fits seamlessly in there and i just love that so is this supposed to be written from frodo or i think from... it's just their their first I- interpretation okay their first impression of brie okay i love yeah. that thanks for sharing yeah absolutely Okay, my quotation comes right after Frodo sings his ridiculous song and he by accident slips the ring onto his finger. Right. Frodo felt a fool. Not knowing what else to do, he crawled away under the tables to the dark corner by Strider, who sat unmoved, giving no sign of his thoughts. Frodo leaned back against the wall and took off the ring. How it came to be on his finger, he could not tell. He could only suppose that he had been handling it in his pocket while he sang and that somehow it had slipped on when he stuck out his hand with a jerk to save his fall. For a moment, he wondered if the ring itself had not played him a trick. Perhaps it had tried to reveal itself in response to some wish or command that was felt in the room. He did not like the looks of the men that had gone out. Well, said Strider, when he reappeared, why did you do that? Worse than anything your friends could have said. You have put your foot in it, or should I say your finger? I don't know what you mean, said Frodo, annoyed and alarmed. Oh, yes, you do, answered Strider. But we had better wait until the uproar has died down. Then, if you please, Mr. Baggins, I should like a quiet word with you. What about, asked Frodo, ignoring the sudden use of his proper name. A matter of some importance to us both, answered Strider, looking Frodo in the eye. You may hear something to your advantage. Very well, said Frodo, trying to appear unconcerned. 
I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I was like, you're such an idiot. He's like, you really stepped in some deep shit, you moron. <laughs> I like, though, that like the first time he meets Frodo, he doesn't say shit about the ring or anything. No. And then he's just like, okay, well, you destroyed that. So here we go. Yeah. Well, also, something I love about that section that you read is Frodo's own idea about the ring kind of having a mind of its own yeah it's like he's getting it he's very aware of it in a way that i don't think is portrayed quite as well in the films no he seems kind of like a bumbling idiot in the films he has no idea what's Uh, happening a little bit yeah he's like this ring's not doing anything to me and then you see him like acting all crazy but in this he's like fuck he's like the ring wants to be found it wants to be noticed yeah and i i love that section i love that you chose that that was that was an awesome quotation thank you for listening to this week's episode of the sisterhood of the rings join us next week for an always unexpected journey into all things tolkien if you like what we do please subscribe and make sure to check out our facebook page the sisterhood of the rings podcast you can also find us on the sisterhood of the rings.com yeah and if you hate what we do please leave us alone and turn your rage into a productive hobby like making corn husk dolls that's something that people do right not us but some people might all right (laughs) see you next time you gorgeous nerds